Okay, guys, listen up. Seltzer is all the rage these days, and now there's even hard seltzer. Speaking of which, have you tried Bud Light Seltzer? so good. It's seltzer with a hint of fruit flavor. And get this, it's only 100 calories, two grams of carbs, and less than one gram of sugar. Plus, it's gluten-free. It's perfect for when my friends are bugging me to have a drink with them, and I don't want hard alcohol. I can just have my Bud Light seltzer. Thank you very much. I'm obsessed with the black cherry, but it also comes in strawberry, lemon lime, and mango. I mean, make that sound better. I bet you want to try them all right now, right? This is making me extremely thirsty. Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. So, today we have with us one of my oldest friends. She really does. Bob Harper is with us. I'm glad to be here. Thank yeah. you, Jillian. You excited to be here? I am excited um, to be here. Yeah. I'm always excited to be here with you. Uh, you know I can't be media, and of course I'm excited to have you on. Thank you. Um, what are you wearing? I just got finished working out. I love the fact that you know I got my big uh, wad killer socks on right now. What's but... a wad killer? Okay, you know what wad is, right? Workout of the day. It's my CrossFit world. It's you like... know how gross that sounds, though. Completely by the way. obsessed. Wad, that's disgusting. Workout of the day. Okay. I'm completely obsessed with it. With CrossFit, Jillian, I'm completely obsessed with this whole uh, fitness. Katana's is terrified of it. No, I just thought they looked like compression socks, and I wondered if you had trouble with your heart. No, uh, you know what? You know why you wear them, right? Because no. there's so no. much Olympic lifting and. Um, in CrossFit, and you really want to get that Olympic bar close to your shins when you're doing deadlifts and, and certain Olympic lifting clean and jerk. So it's like you've got to, like, you can really scrape up your legs. So that's it's why. It's very, like, uber male of you. You know, like, clean and jerk, my wad socks. Like, what is it that you... What is it that you love so much about this? I'm going to tell you because I'm going to. I'm going to very meat heady. I'm going to give you the bigger picture because <laughs> yeah. you've you've known me for a long time. I've known you for many years. I've been a very cardio person, right? Like running and all that kind of like spinning, all that stuff. Like I've been really drawn to. What's the What's the number one exercise that is the hardest for me? Pull ups. Exactly. So with CrossFit, it targets your weaknesses. And oh, no wonder you love it. And I'm this obsessed with it. You. Yeah, it is. It's like completely what I'm about. So it's like I found that like with Olympic lifting, this is something that I've never done before. And that's why I'm completely obsessed with it. Because, you know, it's like that, that joke of mine, uh, this is a game and I'm going to win. Oh, God. Yeah, that's Bob's favorite saying. But it applies to everything, by the way, everyone at home. It could be this anything. This is a game and I'm going to win. This is a game and I'm going to win. But This is what Bob told me about adoption. I need you to think this is a game, you're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Bob's advice for everything. It's true. Okay. So that's why I'm really into it. And I like the fact that uh, I think that CrossFit has, has honestly changed the landscape of fitness. I think that... The you know you talk about me being your oldest friend, right? Yes. I'm like you know I'm 46 years old, and I feel like you've got to be much more efficient in your training. I can't go long those long 10 mile runs where you just your body's getting just broken down so much. CrossFit's all about like short, high intensity, varied movement. And so, what's the general? Okay, hold on. I'll be I'll I'll be honest. I don't know that much about it. I respect it because I know you love it. I think it's a very guy thing, and I like to encourage guys to take these classes because it's you know they can be real guys, and I think that's important for them. With with that said, no no no. With that said, what is the principle behind this? I because I, I don't know. What is the idea? Explain to me what's what's the whole philosophy here. Basically, what you're doing in CrossFit is that you're becoming a well-rounded athlete. It's about doing Olympic lifting. It's about gymnastics. It's about balance, agility, flexibility. It's everything. You're not. You're not. You're not focused in or zoned in on one certain aspect of fitness. So it's a form of cross training. It is. It's a. It, it's cross training on steroids because you. There are certain things like, you know, you get really attached to a certain type of exercise, right? You know, it's yes. like, I like, I like to run a lot. I, so I did that. And, and and you could be considered a fringe athlete where you're really uh, designate, you're really designed to do one thing and do it really well. But if you're out in the elements of the world and you're, you, you, you find yourself needing to climb a mountain for survival, you, it's right. like, you've got to be able to be well-rounded in your fitness. Think about what um, you, you know, you're going to be a mother soon, right? So you're 
you're gonna have kids. What do you have to do every single day? You gotta like, oh, squat down, pick up your babies. You gotta like be and able it, to like. Let me tell you, it. I had no idea until I was uh, hoisting that toddler around for seven days, and my I thought it's not funny. No, I, I thought I was gonna throw my back out. I was dying. I had because I'd never carried consistently like weight in front of me mm -hmm. like that, and it was exhausting. But I loved every minute of it. I kind of I kept switching because I was my thought my arm. It's like the camera guys. You know, up. I always talk about how I always um, get such uh, stress for the camera guys on, on the show because they got that that what is it thirty pounds on that one shoulder yeah. all day. And I'm like, oh my god, I don't know how you're how you're surviving. But with CrossFit, it's all about. Targeting your weaknesses and being able to be a well-rounded, uh, well-rounded athlete. Okay, so and that's what I love. So it's like now the pull-ups. Remember, you're like, oh, if you want to really work Bob out and really crush him, uh, do pull-ups. Yeah, let's go to the gym right now and do pull-ups. Okay, well, well mm -hmm. hold on here. So then I'm gonna put you to the test a little bit. <laughs> okay. On this. All right. What is it? Men's health is giving CrossFit a bunch of grief, and and criticizing it, saying people are getting injured. What would be your response to that? I think that uh, my response to that would be if you are going to do any kind of fitness out there, you need to uh, be working with a qualified person, right? Absolutely. So uh, I would I would highly recommend if you're going to be getting into CrossFit, you need to have someone that is a CrossFit certified instructor that knows what they're doing because it's not about going in there and just going as fast as you can and, 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 and worry about form. A good trainer is going to tell you we're going to really break everything down. We're going to be going through all the movements that you're going to be doing. This is going to be something that you're going to be progressing. There's a reason why clean and jerks and snatches are a, an Olympic sport because there, it requires so much technical. So you can't just go in there and go, all right, well, let's start throwing these crazy weights around because you will get injured. But if you have someone that is guiding you, I mean, at the end of the day, you were a trainer that's how you started in this whole business, Agreed. right? Yes. Me too. So it's like, you know how to handle a person's body. Are you going to injure someone's body? No, because you're going to guide them in the right direction. So it's like, that's what I would say to anyone that's going to like kind of dis CrossFit or any other fitness for True. that matter, Agreed. because it's all out there. They're going to say, oh, you're going to really get injured if you do that. Well, you're going to get injured um, running up a hill with, uh, with someone that doesn't know how to run up a hill. So it's like, you've got to keep everything into perspective. All right, here's what worries me about CrossFit personally, and I'm not trying to be all. I know where you're going. I just and it, you know to each his own, but I don't want to look like the Incredible Hulk. For me, it's a constant struggle to stay smaller, and so for me, it's like all body weight, all functional, all high intensity, but never heavy weights. And Bob, I'm not going to kid you. You've put on some muscle. Yeah. I'm okay. bigger than I've ever been. But I don't want to be bigger than I've ever been. So what would you say to a girl who goes, you know, that's just not for me? Well, you also have to remember, okay, why Why do you think I'm bigger than I've ever been? Because you're lifting heavy weight. Is, and you, is you, that the only thing that's going to do it, Jillian? And, of course, diet. Thank you. So that's what I'm saying. It's like if you're working with – like if I'm going to work with a girl like you, your size, and you tell me what your goal is, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, I don't want to get big. And I know your body. Your body is naturally inclined to get muscular. You have a muscular body, which I think is beautiful. Uh, but what I would do is I would really keep you more focused. I would keep you more focused on the body weight work. I would do the Metcon, which so is there, metabolic conditioning. I oh, would, there is body weight training uh, in CrossFit. There's huge, like air squats are like, you know, a foundation of wall balls where you just get a, a medicine ball. Right. And I would get a medicine ball, 10 pound medicine ball where you'd be tossing up and throwing down. Okay. Are you going to get big and bulky from that? No. No. With pull-ups. Pull-ups are a huge part of CrossFit. Never get bulky with those. And you're never, I don't. you're not going to get it. And you're also not going to get bulky because I'm going to make sure that your diet is exactly the way that I want your diet to be to keep you in this lean frame. If I'm going to work with a girl that wants to just like, and you've seen some of the girls that I work with that are just massive yeah. women. Like See, that's, you know, that's, that's no, what they, I don't want to be massive. And that's what they want. Like, and I you know, appreciate it. And I think it's beautiful. Me just, too. For me, I'm too short to get like this. Right. And so what I would do with you, and that's, and, and I've told you, we're going to do um, a CrossFit workout together, you and me. I have no interest in putting your body through something that you don't want it to go through. You don't want to be big and muscular? I'm not going to put you through that. But I am going to um, test your metabolic conditioning. I'm going to put you through a seven-minute AMRAP, which is um, 
as many reps as possible. I'm going to put you through a workout like that. There's this there's this uh, this regional competition that's going on right now. I got to tell you about it. Can we talk about this? I'm really excited because because you know me. I know. <laughs> now are we all right? Now you might, oh, don't have that much time to talk. Okay, well I'll talk fast. No, he is. Trying to I t- mean, she is no, bossy. You have all the time. We have to. We, we're going to come back and talk to you again. So do you want to save it or do you no, want? No. Well, how? Co- okay, because yeah, we do need to do. There is. You're trying to get out of the get to know Bob segment. No, I'll get to know Bob. But let me just quickly right, right, quickly okay. say. There's this regional competition going on right now, and I'm really excited about it because uh, what you had to do was burpees. You know what a burpee is, obviously, right? You have to do as many burpees as you can in uh, as you can in seven minutes with the right form, or it's a no rep. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Seven minutes of burpees, right? Why would anybody do this? You want to know how many I did? 118. That sounds awful to me. In in the in is my she, in, he is you 118. He is? Do you know I placed 20th in like you know uh, 2,000 people? 20th. That's, but that's ins- <laughs> why in the world? I was see, in heaven. see that's it was the best thing in the whole entire world. This is Bob. Bob is the one that like that's loves funny. this stuff. Like he <laughs> loves to challenge himself. He loves to see how much pain he can endure. Because like hello, we work in we work in the fitness industry, right? Health and fitness. This is going. This is something that we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives, right? So you've got to find something that you you want to do that's going to challenge you. That's going to keep your head in the game. That's what it's all about. That's what that's what sold all your books. That's what all your DVDs. You're about challenging them, right? You're about pushing limits, I finding just, a new threshold for pain. Oh, I just. <laughs> okay, well, so guess how this is going to wrap up? I have promised to go to a CrossFit class with Bob. Mm-hmm. So we will follow up with you and let you know how that turns out for me. And with that said, what? Just please go in with an open mind. I have Be- an open mind. No, you actually don't. I do, but if fine. No, I if mean I you're get... a liberal in that way. You do have an open mind, but when it comes to like certain things with fitness, like you're very. I just don't want to get big, but okay. And she'll I'm... say that. She'll, no. You'll say that till you. No, you're I'm dead. going in. I'm going to do it. So we'll follow up, and we'll, and, you know, hopefully I'll be sold. Yeah. I I have admitted many times with you that I've been wrong, so I'm I'm ready to admit that <sighs> I'm so happy that I... <laughs> you go to the, go to your corner. <laughs> And with that said, for people at home, make sure that you have a certified trainer. That's right. And a, a CrossFit certified, certified. certified CrossFit trainer and a certified CrossFit facility. There you go. All right. Well, can you stick around? Yeah. Perfect. We're coming right back. Life's too short to even care at I gotta tell you that in all the time we've been friends, there has been something that's fundamentally bothered me. Oh my god, this is how we're starting this new yeah. segment. By the way, we're here with Bob Harper in case you haven't noticed. Um, and you know what it is? I feel like people don't know anything about you. I feel like they know everything about me, you know, crappy dad, fat kid. I grew up in the valley, you know, martial arts, changed my life, and you're just the nice guy who likes to work out a lot and who's really supportive. But I feel like people don't know you. Hmm. What do you want to know? Well, first of all, is it me? Wait, you had a crappy dad? Tell me about that first. Don't know. <laughs> don't, really don't even flip it. Was it really I'm hard? being serious. Don't flip it. I know you're, you're like... You're, <laughs> flip it. You're trying to flip it around because it's like I uncomfortable. I and I know you're well not in here. I'm itching. <laughs> Let's start with easy stuff. Let's start with easy stuff. Where, okay. where are you from? Uh, I'm from Tennessee. I grew up on a farm in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Describe your family unit. All right. Uh, my dad was in the military. My mom, uh, he met when he was stationed in Germany. Mm-hmm. And uh, he brought my mother to uh, to live on this farm. And it's kind of like, did you ever see that movie, uh, The Bridges of Madison County? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remember it was like that that farm life where the immigrant mother, wife, uh, just kind of like her whole world was just taking care of their family, taking care of the family and, and, and the husband. It was like that was her existence. That was my mom's existence pretty much, living on this farm. And so we, you know, we lived really far out. I remember like... All my friends when I would go to school, you know, they all lived like in town and, you know, they'd be going to the movies. Like, I, I never got to do anything like that. You know, I was just like, 
on the in the summer where everyone was so excited about uh, having summer vacation. I dreaded summer vacation because I had to work on the farm the whole summer, where all my friends were just like you know working, uh, going to uh, going to the pool and hanging out and going to summer camp. I'm like, oh my god, you know what my summer camp is? Hailing bay, uh, hailing ha- uh, bailing hay and uh, and working on cows. And you were the only boy. I was the only boy. I have two older sisters. And they were much older. Uh, five and six year difference. And um, yeah, Mary and Debbie. And let me tell you, they did not get along very well. So it's like, you know, I had these two sisters that were just like always, always just like fighting with each other. My um, my father was very connected to the middle sister, Debbie. My mother was very connected to her firstborn, Mary. So it was just like, you know, I was like, I was the one that was just like, you know, the, the youngest one that was just kind of like on the fringe. On the fringe. I was on the fringe. And when you say on the fringe, you are essentially saying you are an afterthought for them. I agree. I think so. I think that, you know, it's like sometimes you plan a, plan a pregnancy and sometimes there's, a, you know, an unplanned pregnancy. And I, I think that, you know, I was probably that unplanned one. I think they got to a point in their lives where they were just kind of like figuring out that their, this marriage really wasn't going to last. But then all of a sudden, I don't think my parents were never the, the they were never like the warm and fuzzy family. You know, it was like I never had had family like that. And then your parents got divorced. My parents got divorced when I was in the seventh grade. How old does that make you? Twelve. Yeah. Twelve. There's, yeah. Yeah. And you lived with who? That was a real interesting uh, – that's a really interesting question because if you really want to know kind of like how it breaks down, um, my my parents – my mother my mother uh, got into another relationship really, really quickly. She moved into an area where if I was going to live with her, I was going to have to change schools. And I did not want to change schools because like that's where – that was the only familiarity that I had. And so uh, I ended up living with my dad and uh, – and I remember just being like, all right, well, I'm going to live with my dad so I don't have to change schools. Okay, so now you're already feeling like you were an afterthought when the family dynamic was together. Mm-hmm. But now that they're separated, your dad, I recall, married a woman who had kids. Or- yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting. You know, my dad, uh, my dad ended up going into this relationship. He had this. Uh, he was having an affair with this woman that had three kids, and it was really interesting. It, was, it wasn't like that. He had some like younger woman that he was um, that he was uh, <laughs> leaving for. Like all of a sudden, yeah. he was just like he he went and got a whole other family, which is really kind of like <laughs> psychologically really screwed up for me in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because how did that make you feel? Well, of course. I mean, you know, you'd think that uh, talk about being inadequate, being, uh, you know, not enough. That's kind of like how the setup was. It was just like, oh, um, it, it, it taught me. I'll tell you what it taught me because like we can we can go on. But I think that it's like, it, for me, it's all about like, you know, what do you learn in a situation? Right. And I think that uh, it taught me to like be very um, self-reliant. Sometimes I think you're self-reliant to a fall. Yes, I agree. And I've, and many people have said that. I know. It's like, you know, I have, I've always had to make sure that, like, you know, I was okay in a situation. You know, it's like, you know, if, like, if you grow up in a world where you've got to always have your own back, you know, that's, that's kind of what, what my childhood taught me, for better or for worse. So looking at this from a couple different angles, having felt like you were on the fringe, having felt like you were not good enough to be the original family. Right. And I do know that, you know, your room in that house was the basement. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what was the nickname? Yeah, Basement Bobby. That's what, like, you know, my my book would be called. Basement Bobby. Yeah. So coming from that background, do you think that that's why you have such an empathy for the underdog, for those that do live on the fringe? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I... and I know that you and I both have that that same similarity of like always rooting for the underdog, right? You're always like you're always going for that one. I always love when I find out a person that's made it in their life is the one that you know had the that had the hardest upbringing, right? You know, it's like you you learn all about uh, these people that have grown up from uh, really struggling path, uh, uh, paths pasts, and um, and then they were able to. Find that inner strength. That's one thing that we always try to teach our people, right? When you were working on Loser, I'm still on Loser. It's like you you find that person's one reason for living. You know, it's like you go into their soul, you go into their heart, and you you find out this person who has everything going against them, 
You know, you're 400 pounds. Your your parents didn't love you enough. It's like, you know, where you, you've got all this self-loathing, self-doubt. You know, it's like, but there's got to, it's, it's our job to find that one little light in that, in that soul, right? And just like, just nurture that light. It's like, you see that little flicker and you just like, you blow on it. You try to make that, um, get, uh, you try to get that fire really burning in them. It's like, you know, that's what I've had to do for myself. What was your light? I think that, um. I think that my light was and continues to be that uh, that empathy, right? It's like you know, it's like I I'm very I feel like I'm very empathetic. I feel like I uh, I can I can understand I can understand a person. And for me, it's like I always I, I, God, how do I say this? Um, like. I always knew who I was and I always knew what I wanted to do and I wasn't going to let I wasn't going to I wasn't going to let this game beat me. There you go. You know? Yeah. I wasn't going to let the game beat me. So it was like I could have like fallen by the wayside. I could have been a statistic. I could have just been like this this guy that just you know, had had the bad uh, bad childhood and just kind of like you know lived a life as a result of that, or I could have turned it around. And I knew that in my head, I wasn't going to let that get the best of me. Where do you think that resilience comes from, and do you think it can be fostered and nurtured and built? Do you think people can develop the fabric of resilience, or do you think they're born with that? I think that they're. You know what? I think that you're born with it. I think that you're born with it, but I think that also it can be – you can work toward it if that's what you want. I think that people can change. I think that uh, you you can fix something that you feel like is unfixable, but it requires 100 percent dedication. It requires It requires every ounce of energy that you have not to go against – not to go with the tide. Right. That's what I mean. So it's like you've got to fight the tide. You got to just like fight where your where your instincts are trying to take you and your instincts could try to be, take you into a place that's not healthy. not not healthy. Right. I want to point out something ironic and then I'm going to continue asking you questions, but on one hand, you do. You love this, by the way. Oh, I, I, I am sitting here. I am in heaven. I am in heaven. Because you it's time. Love it's just this. It's time. People don't know you. I feel like I'm a 400 pound contestant right now. No, and I'm like, she's going to try to make me cry. But I'm not. <laughs> but they don't. Pay attention. Wait. Stop doing. Stop defending. My point is this it's just you say, you know, that you're a kid who had no one to turn to but himself, right? Right. But yet, the thing that kept you going was empathy. So the very thing that's hard for you, which is leaning on other people, allowing yourself to need other people, mm-hmm. is the very thing that drives you of that empathy of feeling connected with other people. Because that's what you do in your work. You have that empathy and you form that connection where you're relating to them. Mm-hmm. And yet, the very thing that's hard for you is feeling needy and connected the other way. And I'll tell you, it took years of therapy to get to the point where I would work on our show, right? Especially in the beginning. And you know more than anyone, like that show really, that show, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that show, uh, Loser really did a number on me in the beginning because I didn't have, I didn't have the tools really to, uh, to be able to like take care of myself and keep a boundary. I remember like getting, I remember getting on the boat with those contestants. I remember getting on the boat with with all their pain and all their suffering, and I felt it too. It was like, oh my god, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I know. And like all of a sudden, here are these two forces coming together, and one is supposed to be the the one that's supposed to like guide you, and I'm like, you know, riding uh, riding these waves with them. And it took therapy for me to be able to be that rock and that force. And no matter how much you're going out of control. I'm gonna I'm gonna be that that rock that you can lean boundaries. on, and and boundaries boundaries have been a really good thing that I've learned. I've learned boundaries because I didn't know boundaries. You know, it's like I knew I knew how to just be all in with myself, or I knew how to just be like chaotic with yeah. you. So now it's like being able to balance. balance that, and it's like it's still a struggle for me. It's still it. It's a struggle for everyone, babe. I think I think that's one of the hardest things in life is finding that balance of not living in a black or white world because it's painful. It comes right. with disappointment and it requires hard work and it requires looking at the good and bad of things, which is 
a real challenge. We want to be able to either write something off completely and it's all bad and I don't have to deal with the disappointment because there's nothing good there. Right. Or it's all good and you'll never disappoint me. But that balance and finding that middle ground is a real hard thing. And I, that's what I really like about my relationship with you. You, <laughs> you, know, you and I, we've gone through our stuff. And we continue to to go through our stuff. And I think that's what relationships are all about, right? And that's what I'm learning because, like, and I know that you and I could be similar in that way. Or I'm not going to say you and I. I'm just going to just speak for myself. Uh, I know that for me, like, sometimes when it gets really tough or it gets really rough, to be able to just go, you know what? This is not working. This is not working to be able to, like, move on. And, and then all of a sudden realizing that that's what happens in relationships and that's what happens in lives. It's like in, in, in personal personal relationships and being able to accept flaws and understand and 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 take the good with the bad and when the bad is there you're just like you know what I know that we're going to get through this but I really hate your guts right now <laughs> and it's like and and being able to like know that you can get to the other side yeah. I think that's like the older I get that's the more uh, the more I kind of like understand that and I try to teach that I I, get the, I have these people that I'm working with right now so many young young people and it's like everything's just the end of the world for them and realizing that you know what it's all gonna be okay yeah. everything no matter how bad it is it's all gonna be okay my mom used to say that it's like tomorrow's a new day this too shall pass yeah and I think that you gotta like be able to have that boundary. You be, you've got to be able to compartmentalize um, feelings in, in, in those uh, in those times. And I think that when you're able to do that, you realize that you're not going to sweat those small things. Right. And I think that's an age thing. Complete these sentences for me. Oh, God. I'm the most proud of? I'm the most proud of uh, some of the work that I've been able to do on The Biggest Loser. Okay. The hardest thing for me to overcome in my life is? The hardest thing for me to overcome in my life is that that need for perfection. It's tough, honey. It's a, especially... That's, that's impossible. It's impossible. It's like, I want to be able to do everything right. You know, you know me. Right. So, but, but you do this, though? That need for perfection is always you trying to be good enough. Right. Well, of course. For the parents that, that you didn't felt love you me enough. weren't good enough. For. Right. I, and I understand that. And that's why I think that CrossFit, I'm so, like, I'm a converted. I've drank the Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm, I'm in the cult. But it's like, I, for my big picture... I go into a room every single day that I'm not the best. I'm far from it. There are people there that just crush me and and it make it, it, it makes me face my demons. It makes me fa I go in there and I'm like this. Oh my god, I'm doing really good today, but then there's this dude over there that's just doing backflips and picking up 500 <laughs> pounds and I'm just like this. Really? <laughs> really? And it's like that makes me face my demons. I understand. And I like that. Okay. Um, let's see here. Here's my, I have my whole list for you. I want to know if Bob knows how to two-step. I bet he does. He's a great dancer. Come on, Bob. You're from Tennessee. You have two big sisters that probably chucked you around that house. I'm just like, whoa, left field. Two-step. Like, do you dance? Yeah, I don't know how to dance anymore. You're a great dancer. I used to be, right? I used to be good. Now it's like, He's a great I dancer. find myself doing like that, you know that that, that yeah. bottom lip. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, but I will say this: I adapt really well. So if you put me in a in some sort of country western bar and they were doing a line dance, I'd be the one in the middle, just like you know, I'd be like Monica on Friends, having to be in the front, just like learn it all and be perfect, like this. I got this. I got this. Everyone get out of my way, and I would. I'd be the best two stepper in the world that night. All right, cool. this is true. Cool. Okay. No, no, no. I love it. I love it. Okay, but I think that for you, that's a hard one for you. It's like, because I know that if I was in that world with you, you've got this thing, like, you don't want to be, like, you don't ever want to look silly. No, I hate it. You don't like looking no, silly. And it. I've got friends that are the same way. I and it's like, it. I don't mind looking silly. No, like, I, I don't it. care. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> What's the best advice that you've ever been given? Gosh, I guess the best advice that I've um, ever been given is, uh, is what we talked about earlier in that you don't sweat the small things. And who gave it to you? I don't think that there was ever one one person in particular that ever gave me that information. I think that it was it was years of 
crafting my own head in therapy. I was like, I mean, could it have been my psychiatrist? I mean, maybe, but I think that it's just all my therapy that has taught me that. Bob Harper is. Bob Harper's really sore today from doing pull-ups. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no, Bob Harper is. <laughs> I mean, I can go in so many different directions. Then just Bob... go. First thing that comes to your mind. I did. Or I said that I was sore from pull-ups. No, Bob Harper is. Bob Harper is uh, is someone that's just trying to find um, a little bit of balance in this unbalanced world. Okay. I hate. I hate. Gosh, I hate a lot of things. Um, I can't say names, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I already know the answer to that one. <laughs> okay. But, uh, wait, right. no, no. You know what I hate? I hate shortcuts. I hate. I hate laziness. I, I, it just, it, it, I, I, it, it makes me furious. It makes me furious when people just kind of like, they're looking for the shortcuts in their life and they're not really like looking at, looking at one, uh, one situation from all perspectives. And that's like, life isn't easy. Life is tough. Life is hard. And then you have those moments of um, greatness and you remember those the next time that your, your, you know, your, your head is down, uh, down in your, your hands and you're, you're just looking for some sort of peace. It's like, you know what? Just stop looking for an easy way. Fair enough. My favorite song is? Oh, my favorite song right now, I guess, is that um, Gautier song. Uh, I know. I thought he sounded like Sting the first time I heard it. Oh, way cooler. Uh, but uh, <laughs> way cooler than Sting. I mean, yeah. What's the name of that song? Uh, somebody that I used to know. Good one. My favorite food is. My favorite food is. I'll tell you right now, and it's so hilarious. I want a steak. I want to eat. Yeah. I want to eat a fillet every chance I get. Every time we go out to dinner now, it's just like this. Where's the meat? I want a steak. <laughs> Well, I love it more than anything in the world. You've always, though, were a meat eater, babe. Before you were vegan for many years, which, you know, you got a little thin when that happened. Steak. Sour. Okay, steak. You yep. were always meat eater, though, always. Yep. All right, last question. Okay. If I could change one thing about the world, it would be? If I could change one thing about the world, it would be, and this sounds like such a Miss America question, uh, uh, answer. It, well, it's a Miss America question for sure. But. It, it, it definitely is. But I think that uh, it would be, it would be to find peace, right? There's like, it's like, I'm, I'm a huge John Lennon fan. All we are saying is give peace a chance. It's like, it, 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 John Lennon is someone that has really inspired me in my head for, for so many years. And it's like the one thing that he really wanted to do is just like find, find some sort of peace in this world. And when you, when you have, when you have that peace, how much better it is for the people that are around you, how much better it is for your community, not, not hiding, uh, hiding behind um, these zealots and not hiding behind um, all the, the hatred. There's so much hatred. And I think that when you, when you, so much, we, we've talked about this on a previous show and, and how disconnected and heartbreaking it is because you don't have that oneness. We live, right. Well, I, I think that, we live in a vengeful society and it's like a fearful society. It's like you, you turn on the news. I was talking about this just the other day and it's just like you turn on the news and everything's made to like make you afraid. It's like, yeah. you know, you told me it's like you, it, it drives you crazy. You don't want to like, watch You don't want to watch the news because no. like everything yeah. is based around bringing fear up. And when you, when you work from a place of fear, you're not going to be the most rational in your life. And we get behind revenge television shows, revenge movies. We all do. And yet it becomes this vicious cycle of, like, you seek revenge on this person. They go out. They attack another person. And so I appreciate I appreciate that answer very much. I, of course, feel you on that 100%. You would think that I would have said something about obesity, but I want to keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> and with that said, thank you so much for your candor. You. I love you more than, I mean, wine, tequila, and chocolate put together. Uh. So, I always love talking to you. It's so easy. So easy.
So, Janice. Yes. Yes, dear. Did you know? <laughs> no, I'm going to give you some advice. I'm gonna, oh. I'm going to keep you current. Okay. Okay. Did you know that Snickers is going on a diet? Hmm? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> It's the exact same question that I asked when I heard that. <laughs> Here's what I understand it to mean. Apparently, this is this kind of blew my mind because they said, oh, you know, we're not going to have a candy bar that's over 250 calories, right? But I thought, well, what the heck kind of candy bar is over 250 calories? Because most of them are under 200 calories, I thought. So, like, like the two Reese's Cups is 220. and okay. But it turns out that a small one of those little Snickers bars, it's like... A Snickers bar, like if you put like two, two little these bad boys together, yeah, is two hundred and eighty calories. And guess how many calories the king size Snickers is? Put this over here so you can yeah, get. Yeah, I don't know. I have no. I wouldn't. Five hundred and something calories, like five hundred and ten calories or something. That's like a that's like a quarter of your daily allowance. Well, no, a, th- a third for some yeah. people. That's like a third of your daily allowance. A king size Snickers bar. I couldn't believe it. So, like, part of me wanted to be all excited because I was going, oh, well, you know, at the end of the day, it's calories in, calories out. So if we're being more mindful of our calories. But really, it's just, it's just basically, it's taking something that's obscene and making it less obscene. And I'm a person that I'm always going to tell you, here's what I always say. Look, have your treat foods. I don't want to deprive you. Remember, it's calories in, calories out. The reason I don't like the traditional candy bars necessarily is not because of the sugar or the calories, but because usually there's hydrogenated oils, there's high fructose corn syrup. Right. Now, we don't know what's going to make their candy bars less calories. Like, are they just going to give you a smaller candy bar? Are they going to put artificial sweeteners in the candy bar? Like, it's kind of sketchy and kind of dodgy. Well, it's kind of just a way to sell more chocolate bars. Kind of, yeah. Really? Sort of, yeah. Like, I would rather you eat something, a treat food, that's more... Like, there's a brand that I love called Green and Blacks, and um, they make this organic white chocolate oh, bar. Oh, I've seen Holy that. Holy mother. Yeah, high, high, high in calories. But I break off, like, two little rows, and I have that, you know? And it's like, there's no, nothing artificial. I work it into my calories. So... I do like the idea of making people more mindful of their calories because the message is it's less calories. Um, And a lot of people get really confused about this, which is something I want to address. And I've been seeing a lot of questions on my Facebook and on Twitter about this. And they'll say, you know, I read that when I reduce my calories, it slows my metabolism. Let me be really clear with you about this. First of all, if you drop your calories really low, like you were to go on, let's say, the HCG diet where you're eating 500 calories a day. <gasps> That's it? Oh, I can't. Don't get me started. We'll, we'll deal with that on another day. It's oh so asinine. Or if you were to eat 800 calories a day or something like that, if you were to go extremely low and go on a starvation diet, like the Master Cleanse, the Cabbage Soup Diet, uh, a starvation diet like HCG, and you're adding insult to injury by not working out, yes. What you're going to do is you're going to send a message to your body that you're starving because uh, you are starving and your body is going to eat its own muscle and slow down metabolism. Let me show you how to do this in a healthy way. When we set your calories at, say, 1,200 calories a day, which is sort of what, you know, the rule of thumb has become. For and who, For women. For women or for... I put men there when they're morbidly obese. Okay. I have. So if, if they're morbidly obese, I put men down to 1,200 calories. Okay. Generally, they'll say 1,400 to 1,600 for men, but we've had men on The Biggest Loser at 1,200 calories a day. Uh, but the idea is, okay, let's say, let's say 1,400 for men, 1,400 to 1,600 for men, 1,200 for women, okay? When you set your calories at that allowance and you have weight to lose, fat is stored energy. So your body is just grabbing its stored energy from the fat. 1,200 calories is not going to put you in a starvation mode. Below that, and extreme fad diets and fasts and cleanses, that is going to put you in a starvation mode. And when you're exercising with your weight loss plan, what exercise does is it does something called calorie partitioning. So it tells your body, take the nutrients that we're taking in, utilize them to rebuild our muscle tissue, because exercise is like a wrecking ball. It's essentially like an architect and recoveries the builder, right? So you're going in there, you're working out hard, you're damaging your muscles, you are, uh, and you're sending the nutrients in to rebuild and repair your muscles, which is how they become leaner, stronger, 
better conditioned. So when you're exercising, you're saying, okay, take the calories that we're ingesting, utilize them to rebuild and repair our muscles. So you're maintaining your muscle mass while you're dieting, while you're losing weight. So you're not losing muscle and fat, or you might lose a little bit of muscle. But the idea is, you know, if you're just not eating right, if you're just watching calories, you could lose muscle and fat. If you're working out, you'll maintain your muscle mass and hopefully burn more fat as opposed to losing muscle. In addition, having that more, that having that more muscle, having that muscle is going to help you ramp up your metabolism, keep your metabolism revving faster. And last but not least, exercise revs metabolism. So not only while you're working out, but for up to, depends on how hard you're training, but for up to 24 hours after you've trained, it's called exercise post-oxygen consumption. And it has to do with your heating up your core temperature, uh, resting and recovering, oxygen levels in the body, returning your your muscles to what they call a pre-lactate state. But basically, you're elevating metabolism for a long time after you've worked out. So dispense of the myth that calorie restriction destroys your metabolism. It's only if you starve yourself below 1,200 calories and you don't work out. Weight loss, you're going to need to create a calorie restriction, calorie control, calories in, calories out. Hmm? Did you learn something? Well, I did. And I did. And I'm curious at some point to hear more about who the hell could possibly survive on 500 calories a day. Oh, dude. That's crazy It is the dumbest thing in the world. They go on this diet called the HCG diet. And what doctors do is they claim that, because here's the thing. See, people could starve themselves on 500 calories a day all on their own without a doctor. So what they say is, oh, but here's what's doing it. It's the hormones we're injecting you with. So they inject people with HCG, which is the hormone of a pregnant woman, right? And, uh, and you know, all kinds of, all kinds of things have women lose their hair. They could get all kinds of bad things happen. When you supplement hormones exogenously, meaning from the outside in, instead of your body producing them mm-hmm. naturally, it throws off your body's ability to naturally create balance yeah, okay. your hormones and create all the necessary hormones. Um, so it wrecks havoc on your biochemistry. But in addition... The 500 calories is starving the hell out of your system. So when people start eating normally again, they balloon back up. Yeah, because 500 calories is a full-blown, that's a starvation diet, flat out. Just like a cleanse, a fast. That's why fasting is one of the worst things you can do for weight loss. Because when you start eating again, you get something called refeeding syndrome. And the body just blows back up. Right. Okay. Uh, One last example of this, although it's terrible um my daughter i said you know we have a doctor uh uh that works with i say we um our orphanage has a doctor that works with adopted kids it's just standard when you adopt internationally um usually your orphanage will work with uh, a doctor in particular that will tell you what's going on with Mm. your kid and how to feed your child or how to you know it's just a different a different animal so to speak and um my daughter's tummy was distended and i said you know What's the matter? What's wrong with her? Why, why, why is her tummy like this? Is something wrong? Does she have an amoeba? Oh, I just gopher. didn't know. You know, I oh, was yeah. like, what's the matter with her? And she goes, oh, oftentimes these kids get something called refeeding syndrome because her nutrition had been so poor for so long that when she was finally getting proper nutrition, they get the distended tummy. I didn't know that's what that was. I, guess, I mean, I've seen on television. I've, I didn't know that that's what it was. It was well, it syndrome. can be caused by starvation, but also she thought it was something called refeeding syndrome. Oh. And... Anyway, that's what happens when you go for long periods of time without proper nutrition and proper calories. That's what can happen. Terrible example, I know. But anyway, now you know. No more. Sorry. No less less than 1,200 calories. And make sure that you're working out while you're restricting calories. So you can have those slow down. time and Aaron from Heartland, Michigan is waiting to talk to you. Aaron, what's going on? Hi, Jillian. Hi, Janice. Hey. Um, I am wondering how to get over the fear of gaining fat when you upped your calorie allowance and like what's the best way? Okay. Well, give me a little give me a little background here. Did you lose weight? What's going on? Um, yeah, my 
I kind of struggle with weight my entire life and, like, my body image. Um, I'm a freshman in college right now, and my junior year of high school, I developed an eating disorder because I didn't know when to stop doing my calorie. Um, okay. So my calories and everything. I'm all better now. Like, I gained it all back, and, um, well, I gained it back and then some, and I've, like, uh, gone on a little diet, so I've... I'm at a healthy weight now, and I just don't want to take it too far again. Okay. So. when Honey, when you say take it too far, do you mean gain or do you mean lose or? Um, a little bit of both. A little like, bit of both. Um, so where, tell me where you're at right now. Like, how much, how many calories are you eating? Because the goal is maintenance, it sounds like. So yeah. tell me how many calories you're eating. I eat about um, 13, probably 13 and I am one thirty nine and five seven. You're okay. You're small. You're you're lean. But that's okay. Um, okay. And uh, how often are you exercising? Um, I actually just do like um, hand weights in my room, and just do like squats and stuff in my room, and how, just walk to and from class. How often, though, honey? And how long? Um, every day, like between study breaks and everything. If I'm getting tired, I just get up and do like some core, some weights. Okay. Probably, it'd probably be about an hour if I combined it all little segments together. Okay. So what I want you to think about right now is that to maintain your weight, you need to eat as many calories as you're burning. Now, my guess for you, sweetie, is that, you know, you're a young kid, you're five foot seven, and I mean, just your base metabolic rate, I'd imagine, probably be around 16, 1,700 calories. Then you've got your activity throughout the day and your exercise activity. So I want you to go on Google, okay? And I want you to Google active metabolic rate calculator. And I want you to enter in that information, and it's going to give you a give or take number as to how many calories your body should be burning in a day based on your age, your gender, your height, your weight, your activity level. And this applies, by the way, to anyone out there who is in maintenance mode. This is what you would want to do. You want to eat as much as you're burning. Maintenance. That's how we figure out what maintenance mode is. Um, With that said, okay, once we know what that number is, because I promise you it's going to be a lot higher than 1,300. It's going to probably be somewhere around 1,800 to 2,000 at least. So... What I don't want you to do is just jump from 1,300 to 1,500 because I would imagine that over the years when you're sort of yo-yoing these calories back and forth, you could have slowed down your metabolism a little bit. So what I want you to do is gradually at 10% every two weeks, I want you to up your calories. So right now you're at 1,300. I want you the following to jump to 1,400 and... Uh, what's so 10% is 130 calories. Yeah. So it's, you go to 1430 calories for two weeks, right? And then two weeks after that, you'd add another 143, 140 calories to the 1430. And you'll gradually add that 10% every two weeks until you hit where your active metabolic rate should be. This way we're slowly bringing your metabolism back up to speed. And then you're going to stay in that sweet spot which, again, will probably be around 1,800 to 2,000, and you live there. And while I, I understand what you're going through, we can become very obsessive about calories because it helps us feel in control, right? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I do get it. Trust me, I get it. <laughs> but I, I also want you to understand, um, and I, I, I want to be real careful here because I don't, I don't want to cross the line with you, and I, I think that, you know, when it comes to eating disorders, I'm, I always refer to a professional. I'm just telling you practical advice of, of how to get your metabolism to a place uh, that is, you know, a nice flat line where you're not losing and you're not gaining. Um, but I just, I want you to know that you're not alone in this, that I think all of us have these issues to a varying degree or another, whether it's eating too much or eating too little or feeling like, we try to control our life by controlling our food. Yeah. And that I, I want to really let you know that we get it. And um, 
to continue to communicate about this issue. And if you feel like you're backsliding to immediately seek help from a professional to help you contend with those issues that are making you feel out of control. Okay, so that, you know, just don't ever, like, always, always seek help, always, with something like yeah. this. I was wondering, like, um, should I, if I um, up my calories, should it be, like, an equal amount of carbs, um, fats, and protein, or should I up the protein more? You know, what I tell people as a general rule of thumb, because they can go nuts with macronutrients of, like, should I eat more fat, should I eat more protein, should I cut out carbs? The truth of the matter is, when it comes to your food, in a perfect world, you'd eat a relatively balanced macronutrient ratio of healthy fats, healthy carbohydrates, and lean proteins. So as you know, it would be like a 30-30-40 split, a very zone type of split because you need all these macronutrients in your diet. So I wouldn't obsess. What I would try to do at all costs is avoid eating junk. That's what I would do. So I don't want you to eat, you know, white flour and refined sugar and a lot of processed foods and a ton of chemicals. That I want you to remove entirely. But you can consume whole grains, lean proteins, fruits and vegetables, healthy carbs, healthy fats, you know, nuts, avocados, olive oil. And it's just about working those healthy foods into that balanced calorie allowance. And you don't need to get hyper vigilant about any one particular macronutrient or food, you know, protein, carbs, fat. Just think balance and common sense and you'll be perfectly fine. Okay? Yeah. All right, buddy. Thank you so much for calling. Thanks for taking my call. Have a great day. You too. All right, my friend, you have to say goodbye now. You say goodbye first. Bye-bye. listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass liza schleichinger slicing driving friends with her for 10 years one of the funniest people out there and i still have a hard time with the last name liza our very own owen benjamin that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more you don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. <laughs>